0: You're listening to the EFC Podcast. Now, the hand sanitizer at the doors that marked the beginning of church response to COVID-19 sounds like child's play. We've all moved so far past that, and mostly moved online. Canadian churches are finding their way forward through this crisis, and we want to help. I'm Karen Stiller at my kitchen counter. You're about to hear three conversations with three different churches and pastors across the country. Paul Ranson from St. John the Evangelist in Fredericton, Carrie Cronberg from Sunnyside Westland in Ottawa, and Kent Preby from Center Street Church in Calgary. Watch for more of these conversations in the weeks ahead, unless the world goes back to normal sooner than expected, in which case, so will our podcast but until then, we want to bring you stories of churches to inspire and help you where we are right now. Paul Ranson is Rector of St. John the Evangelist, Anglican Church in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Paul, thanks so much for talking to us.
1: It's my pleasure, thank you.
0: So before we uh, get into my pandemic-related questions, uh, I'd love for you just to tell us a little bit about your church and congregation. Tell us about your context and the people that you minister to.
1: Okay. Uh, well, we uh, we're a small church uh, on the north side of Fredericton. so we have about uh, about one hundred and fifty people uh, worship with us um, on on a Sunday, and uh, we uh, worship in a gym, uh, which our church built. It's really our hall, and uh, so we we're kind of a we're we're really like a country church in the city, uh, and we uh, yeah we worship with the screen, and we're actually. What I love about our church is that it's it's like a family. Uh, When when someone has a baby or sick, there's people delivering food. Um, We really we really I think excel at uh, sharing the love of Jesus for one another.
0: Wonderful. So that is obviously being deeply challenged right now, um, especially that physicality of care that you might typically give to each other. How are you managing that?
1: Well, that it is very frustrating right now uh, to to try to be to be that when we can't even be together. So um, one of the things we, we did right away is that uh, we called about 10 people and said, can you call people on our parish list regularly to check in on them and just to see how they're doing? Um, so we're doing that. Um, another thing that we're continuing to do is uh, we buy groceries for people in need in the community all the time. So we have a team of people who are free to, uh, to go pick up groceries and deliver them. And uh, for people who can't get out to get prescriptions, things like that. So we're, we're still doing practical care. We're just trying to do it responsibly. Um, and we can't do it as fully as we would like. But uh, that's where we're at.
0: You know, it makes me wonder, Paul, if um, a, a sm- quote-unquote smaller congregation might in some ways be better poised to respond well to this kind of thing. Because you know each other and you've already been caring for each other in, in those kind of intimate practical ways.
1: Yeah, I think there's some real advantages there because the people who are calling, they do have a history with them. They're, they've been worshiping together in some cases for over 50 years. Um, and uh, so there is that, that connection already. I think that where if there was a larger church, it would be, there's a lot of emphasis on putting really high production worship so that they can still reach out to their people. But for us, it's really pastoral care. That's the priority right now.
0: Yeah. So tell me about, uh, production though. I'm assuming you went online with your service. Did you use Facebook or how are you doing that?
1: Um, we didn't do anything on Sunday, uh, because our Bishop was going to, uh, lead in a service. So I, I directed everybody to, to, to watch that service. And, uh, this week, uh, we, we aren't going to go live, um, Actually, we're not doing a service at all. Uh, We've given a lot of thought to this, and we just feel like we shouldn't try to go along as business as usual, because this is a drastically different time. Uh, We don't want it to be the same, because we're not together, and we shouldn't try to pretend that we are. So uh, I'm producing uh, just a a video with the the reading for the week and a a little reflection, and uh, maybe a couple of uh, our worship leaders might play a song and put that in the video and just sort of post it on Sunday morning. And uh, and so then again, I'll direct people to listen to the bishop's sermon uh, at the same time. Uh, so yeah. that that'll be Sunday. But every every weekday, uh, I'm leading in a morning prayer service on Zoom. Okay. And uh, so we have a, a probably about ten people came together today to pray together, and that was really really good.
0: Beautiful. Uh, what what message are you giving to your congregation? <laughs>
1: This is kind of funny because I'm not much of a sports fan or anything, but I I gave a message yesterday on Facebook Live to say, you know, if you're feeling like you're benched, um, I feel like I'm benched too. And I had to use a sports analogy to say, you know, if you're playing hockey and the coach pulls you off the ice, uh, yeah, you're on the bench, you're not playing but there's still things you can do. You can uh, rest, which is important if you're going to go back out. You can observe what the opposing team is doing and what we're doing well and what we're doing poorly and sort of reflect on that. And we can also encourage from the bench. Uh, we, can, we can keep in contact. We can shout encouragement. And uh, I think those three things are, some, uh, are the things that we're supposed to be doing right now.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that is really helpful. So many churches are putting so much online. How are you resisting the temptation to get swept into that?
1: I think that uh, the fear of actually having so much content that people just can't take it all in um, is a reminder that uh, that, that, that what, what, what do I want to have accomplished of, of, with our online presence? And a lot when you when people are putting up videos every day or twice a day even um, I think that that's the product of uh, an anxious activity. And I think that uh, we need to trust that God is working uh, and just allow you know yes, stay current, keep connecting with people, um, but don't just go dumping all kinds of content up there because if we're doing that, especially with smaller congregation teams of uh, leadership teams, uh, you just can't put high quality stuff up there so instead of doing that do a little really well and uh, and and you know seek to bless people rather than just trying to be seen see what what can we do to be blessing people who uh, are feeling disconnected right now
0: in terms of your role as a shepherd and uh, a caregiver to your congregation like what are you feeling these days paul are you um, are you taking your own advice I guess (laughs) Uh,
1: yes I am I'm I'm trying right now I've got three small kids uh, so I'm trying to work in the morning Um, so do all my my calls and and uh, get ready for this Sunday's uh, video uh, in the morning and then uh, in the afternoons I'm I'm spending time with my kids and my wife Um, nice we're all we're all fortunate to be here together and yeah, so I am taking that time. I'm slowing down and uh, trying to follow my own advice.
0: Yeah. My husband, who is also a pastor, um, you know, has talked about it, that obviously this is a marathon and not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And I think your your advice or guidance about uh, taking things a bit more slowly and uh, that it's okay to have a restful pace uh is super helpful because I know in in the first sort of week I definitely felt like, oh, ah, we got, have to have this all figured out instantly, but it's just not it's not possible to do that.
1: That's right. I, I think yeah. that uh we need to one of the, one of the things that someone asked is is are you going to be celebrating communion at home? And uh, you know, that's that's central to who we are as Anglican. And uh and I said no. Um for the people who really want communion and they can't have it, uh, it would be really insensitive, I think, to do that. Um, yeah. We, we, this, this could change things for a long time. And I think that we need to really take uh, time to get some perspective here and see what's happening. But I, I agree with you. Like at the beginning, my, I was just going frantic thinking of all the things I couldn't do uh, rather than thinking the things that we could do at this time.
0: Paul, thank you so much.
1: You're very welcome.
0: Carrie Kronberg is the senior pastor of Sunnyside Wesleyan Church in Ottawa. Carrie, thank you so much for talking with us today. Oh, you're welcome, Karen. So we're all in the middle of this uh, unprecedented uh, situation, as, as everyone keeps saying, and trying to get by as well as we can, uh, and being church Uh, being church specifically in a really different way so I'd like to ask you first of all um, just what your journey has been in the last week with Sunnyside Wesleyan and what you're doing right now in terms of your own congregants.
2: Well about 10 days ago as we watched uh, the news evolve uh, it came to the point on March the 12th where we realized it was time to uh, issue some communications to our congregation about the Sunday services, upcoming Sunday services on March the 15th. And at first we sent out communications uh, simply to revisit our protocols when it came to greeting one another. And we happened to have communion planned that Sunday. So we uh, offered some ideas about how we might do communion or, or gather on the Lord's table differently. And uh, within 24 hours of that, or actually probably about 12, uh, I realized, oh, we need to change our communications and revisit our plans and go the route of meeting online this coming Sunday. And so the following day, which was a Friday, we reissued communications and this time uh, had a plan for all members of the congregation to join in by Zoom. I, I was familiar with Zoom a little bit through my own meetings, I wasn't too keen for our size of church to go the route of live stream um, because I thought that there was opportunity for us through Zoom to perhaps be differently interactive and so I thought it was a platform that might serve those purposes and help us uh, not just be uh, a few people uh, doing something from the front but uh, be a congregation interacting with one another. And so for the first time on March the 15th, after a couple of trial runs this Saturday previous, we launched our first 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Zoom services, probably with, uh, well, with attendance uh, quite similar to our usual Sunday morning attendance. And then yesterday, again, March the 22nd, we did similarly with a doubled, almost doubled attendance, uh, which indicates that I think people are... Um, Looking to connect and are wanting to hear uh, from from the Lord at the during this season as well.
0: Yeah, tell me what is your uh, average Sunday attendance? Just to give people a sense about your decision to use Zoom instead of, say, Facebook Live or or whatever what other what others are doing.
2: Our average attendance is two hundred and ten. Uh, between two services, and so uh, we have a 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. service with somewhere over 100 people per service. At okay. This time.
0: I have to say I re- I admire your decision to still hold both services. I, I wonder if a lot of people would have kind of brought them together, but that's a probably a really nice decision for your congregation to feel like things aren't completely different. Yes, we wanted to keep some continuity for
2: the people – And in retrospect, I didn't realize that the engagement would double in one week, and so our capacity with the Zoom license we currently have would not have been sufficient for yesterday's services had we gone the route of merging
0: our services. Right, of course. Yeah, I bet a lot of people are um, signing up (laughs) for Zoom paid subscriptions lately. Um, How did you find the congregation in terms of their participation? Were they, um, you know, sort of making statements? How did you facilitate that during the actual service?
2: We offered a few opportunities for members of the congregation to jump in, and we circulated the Zoom online service among a team of people. And so some of the opportunities to participate uh, were included in the um, a time where one of my staff team members, uh, led the congregation, uh, they were on mute, but led the congregation to it sing, um, what was la, this past week it was greatest by faithfulness, but that week I, Uh, I can't actually remember the song. Sorry, but yeah, no, no, that's lovely. Led led them into led them in a worship song, which was just an alternate idea for when they're washing their hands, a song that they uh, might wish to sing. This past week, it was great as thy faithfulness. Our worship leader led them in, and so people at home participated in that singing, although we couldn't hear each other we can actually see each other's mouths moving. We can also hear, see each other's mouths mo- moving in the call and response. Nice. For example, the le- word of the Lord, thanks be to God. We see the mouths moving in response to scripture reading. We also yeah. offer the children an opportunity to engage uh, by giving them a targeted question that was related to the theme of the service. We happen to be in a series uh, preaching on the Lord's Prayer right now, the so last week's uh, Topic was your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And yesterday's topic was give us this day our daily bread. And we offered the children a question to ponder and then to draw a picture related to that question. And then once the sermon time is over, the children hold up their picture and we unmute each, each family and the children and sometimes children at heart, some of the adults as well. offer their creations and explain what it is that they have drawn related to the topic and so this is a way of engagement it keeps the children part of the service and it's also meaningful to the adults because out of the mouths of children profound wisdom comes our way and then yeah. finally toward the end of the service we have been uh, inviting prayer requests and there's a chat section in zoom where people simply write their prayer requests and they engage Hugely during that time and so then we go into a pastoral prayer where I offer those requests to the Lord and then we pray the our Father, not with our mics unmuted, but with me speaking and the others joining in from their living rooms. And that's Beautiful. the way that we've tried to engage people through Zoom. And this, yeah. the thing about Zoom is it allows us to look at each other differently than in a worship service gathering.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that is, that is really lovely. That sounds great. I love the idea of the kids holding up the pictures. (laughs) um, So between Sundays, um, are you keeping in touch with the congregation in some way? Tell me where you are with that.
2: Yes. A youth group relaunched uh, digitally a week ago. And so their youth group involves an initial teaching time by live stream, followed by zoom breakout groups with youth leaders along with a new connection with one another through a social media app called Band. Uh, Children's Ministries, uh, our family ministries pastor is uh, sending out Uh, church at home notes to families offering questions for table discussion for families Uh, we have our small groups some of them beginning to meet online already with one another and then we have an an option where people can fill out a form a google doc form to both indicate their needs at this time and their gifts to give especially along the lines of food uh, phone conversations and technological support and so we have our people indicating what they can give and what they need. And then we're matching uh, people to one another in order to make sure that no one falls through the cracks and everyone has a point of connection and also physical provision if and as they need it. And then finally, this coming week, we are uh, launching just one evening in the week evening prayer for those on Tuesday evening who would wish to be part of a prayer time uh, just to connect and to pray together.
0: Nice. Uh, what, do, what do you think people's moods are? Are like right now, Carrie, are you dealing with a lot of fear or um, are people sort of underreacting or overreacting? What's the feeling you're getting from the congregation? I think at this point on
2: March the 23rd, uh, people are moving into a different sense of some anxiety and perhaps an underlying restlessness with the question, how long is this going to last? Mm A week ago, it was different. Uh, The mood was more um, perhaps one of not being sure what was going on or if much is going on. Things have shifted within the week.
0: Yeah. And how are you keeping your spirits up and taking care of yourself spiritually and physically uh, during this time? I
2: realize that the daily rhythms are essential to life period they always have been but a time like this makes it even clearer that my intimate time with the Lord that is simply quiet time preferably for me at the beginning of the day um, spending time in prayer reading scripture slowing down is essential to my well-being in the day, and uh, then just remembering, noticing the messaging that I'm allowing to play in my head. Uh, I'm needing to choose to focus on today and God's provision for this moment, and also to focus on His love, which is coming my way every moment uh, to me just as i am and uh, then so that's the sort of the spiritual side of things and mental emotional and then trying to uh, build in just good uh, rhythms in the day making sure i'm getting up and taking care of myself physically eating well uh, moving around uh, thinking through exercise and then engaging good friends periodically with whom I can reflect and pray in order to uh, have that fellowship and connection myself.
0: Just probably it's going to be what you just said, but I'm wondering, as, um, as the senior pastor of your church, what your advice or guidance might be to other pastors in the same situation, or maybe even younger pastors on the journey who could use a, an encouraging word right now? I
2: think my main word to other pastors and Christians is that uh, this is an important time to slow down and live from our relationship with the Lord. Because there are so many demands coming our way, we could go straight into action all the time. The problem is that we will be quickly depleted and we will not be living the message and from the person that we love, and so a slowing down and being with the Lord is essential uh, for us, and so that we live from life during this season. That's, I would say, a main message for people at this time, and also maybe the idea that a time like this um, allows us a reflection time around how we, our decisions and priorities around church. Uh, it's important to realize that everything we choose and do right now is forming us, and our formation matters. And so, even decisions about how we gather, as the church during this time online, um, is are forming us. And uh, so, how we live personally, and then how we live as part of the body of Christ. Uh, will form us going forward. And so our decisions right now are important, and we need to slow down and ensure that we are living from the wisdom that Christ is giving us right now.
0: Carrie, you also work in the medical field. Can you tell us uh, what you do in that part of your professional life and also what you're seeing right now with that? I'm a
2: registered nurse in mental health, uh, specifically working with Uh, adolescence at this time. Uh, I haven't been recently on the unit, Uh, that is to come in in the next week, but I can, just from talking with others and uh, knowing the lay of the land, I can imagine that those who are serving people with Uh, mental health challenges at this time, we'll be finding a different increase in anxiety and in even uh, concerns about or questions around whether it is um, worthwhile to live. And so there will be a lot of opportunity and need right now for people in mental health professions and beyond to keep their ears open, ready to... uh, pay attention to what people are saying, to validate their experience, to listen very, very carefully for people who are at risk and who need immediate intervention.
0: If if I can ask you as a parent, like I have two university-age students at home now, and uh, I wondered about anxiety. So you've just given some really good tips there, listening, validating. Um, is there anything else we should know beyond our you know, loving parenting presence with our kids now. I think it's, n- there, there aren't
2: any new insights I have for mm-hmm. this time around anxiety with our young adult children or adolescent children. This is a time to emphasize presence. It's a time where it's important to avoid talking too much to pay attention to their cues. They may not want to be asked multiple questions about how they are doing, but we have an opportunity to observe them because some of our young people are back in our households unexpectedly. Uh, And as I already said too, as they choose to mention how they're doing, uh, to not negate what they say, but simply to listen to come alongside and, and agree that this is a very hard time and uh, to, to offer some kind of reassurance, especially through presence and solidarity and a listening ear.
0: Oh, Carrie, thank you so much. Uh, keep well and I'd love to check back in with you in a couple of weeks. Okay, thanks so much, Karen. Kent Preby is the lead pastor of the central campus of Centre Street Church in Calgary, one of Canada's largest congregations. Thanks, Kent, for speaking to us today.
3: Hey, you're very welcome. It's a privilege.
0: So we're all in this uh, situation together, and I think we'd all love to hear how Centre Street has responded so far. If you can just kind of walk us through a little bit of what's been happening for you the last couple of weeks.
3: Yeah, uh, like many other churches, um, you know, I think we have our normal normal way that we operate as a church, and you know, we do that fairly well. Um, I would say most churches do with midweek programming, worship services, and so this was a massive interruption, you know, to our, I think every church and certainly ours, in sort of the way that we normally operated. So we had to make some uh, transitions quickly. Um, is there anything specific, Karen, that you'd like to know about midweek or weekend services or?
0: Yeah, like you were, your congregation is, um, I'm assuming, and from what I understand, already so uh, proficient at online activities and streaming services. What changed for you folks? Did you need to add more onto that or?
3: You know, one of the biggest changes, I think we were multi-site church. So we have five different locations and I think it was three weeks ago just all of a sudden one of our locations that we had a lease arrangement with um, just suspended the lease so within you know two days that campus wasn't meeting on the weekend our other four locations could continue for a couple weeks um, and so what really did unify us was our online presence that we had like you said we'd already been streaming our services from our central campus so um, we streamed four of our eight worship services on the weekend. And we, uh, you know what, we, we just kept on doing that the last uh, couple of weekends. Um, this weekend is when we're making some changes that we're pre-recording some things and, um, and preparing for, you know, Alberta government likely to move to essential services only in the province, which like would, would restrict, you know, some things for us, but yeah, I can get to more specifics, but that's generally, we, we did change a few things for yeah. our weekend experience. Uh,
0: Kent, I don't know if you've been on Facebook lately, but there's a couple of really funny clips going around of pastors setting themselves on fire. <laughs> and, um,
3: also, I haven't you seen know, those. Send that to oh, me, Karen. <laughs> I will
0: absolutely do that. I will send you that, as well as the uh, priest in Rome who had inadvertently put on the funny effects uh, when you start at Facebook. Yeah. So um, what, I guess my question is stemming from that, like with all the experience you have with online uh, broadcasting of sermons and services, are there some tips that you could offer, you know, smaller churches or pastors and preachers who aren't so used to doing this?
3: Boy, I, you know, I don't have a lot of experience in that. I would say I think what people want now is just something uh, uh, I think they I think they're hungry to know that God, even though they don't gather in a church location on a weekend, that God is still there. God's still real. So anything that I think pastors, spiritual leaders just give some spiritual direction, some spiritual help to their congregation. I think, you know what, even if it's email, that's still good. And we're still Communicating via email. I don't think we have to do something out of the ordinary. But Facebook Live is awesome. YouTube Live. We just started streaming live on YouTube this last weekend. We've never done that before. We are just using iPhones, you know, to tape some things and put them on our website. We had to watch our language. That's the biggest thing that had to change for us. We're so used to talking to people in the room. And now, you know, you're talking to an audience that's in homes and um, on iPhones, on tablets, on computers, you know, casting to TV screens. So there's a lot of different mediums. What I've encouraged our our staff to do is continue with the same forms of communication that we have been previously. That provides a bit of comfort and consistency and predictability, but then, you know, it isn't bad to just try and experiment with some new ways.
0: That's great. And I I love how you've highlighted just keeping in touch with people. Like we don't maybe have to overcomplicate this, at least not yet. Let's help people feel not so alone.
3: You know, Karen, one of the things that we are doing, we're, we're calling everybody that's a part of our church, you know, every single person. And that may take a couple months, but that's our goal just to pick up the phone and call. You know, we're already getting feedback saying, hey, someone called. Nice. So that personal touch is so critical, I think.
0: Yeah. And that's something all churches can do. No, I mean, it's actually easier to do if you're a smaller church
3: and a lot of people are home.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They better be (laughs) (laughs) exactly. So as your teams are calling people and just for you, you as a pastor reaching out, what is the mood of your congregation? Do you think are, are people feeling okay these days? What are you finding people need?
3: You know, I think the answer to that question is extremes some people are extremely afraid some people are not some people are uh, have lost their work permanently or temporarily others still are employed and grateful for that families are struggling at home being all everybody in the same home others are finding it a uh, finding a lot of joy in that so i don't think i could overall uh, answer that question in in some in a general way it seems like everybody's at a different or a, a, u- a unique place And uh, I think people are longing for things to return back to normal, whatever that might have been. And uh, uncertainty, tons of uncertainty. And I think even uncertainty and fear about the future of when this, when we emerge from the COVID crisis here, the economic crisis here, I think people are uncertain about what will the world look like after this. And I think that's a bit more of the fear that people have. But again, I'm generalizing.
0: Yeah. Uh, And it's such a roller coaster. Like, I, I mean, I know uh, for in my own situation with, um, our, uh, two grown children who are living with us, like we can, you know, we can in the space of a day go from, Oh, bliss to, ah, uh, crazy feelings. And so I'm, I'm sure that's true too. It's just, um, trying to remain steady through this ever changing thing we're in.
3: And I think, you know, Karen, if I just add to that, I think this is a, a great opportunity for people to to hear what God has to say in the middle of this. And, and I'm not just over spiritualizing this, but I do think uh, one of our staff led someone to the Lord a couple of days ago and online this last weekend on our live chat. That's one of the functions that we've never done live chat before mm. <laughs> as a church. And we enabled our live chat uh, function and... Someone said, you know what, I've been away from God for a long time and haven't been to church, you know, and I'm online today. Um, wow. Another person connected with one of our groups and just said that, you know, it had been forever since they had even talked to God, thought about God. And um, the story goes, this person picked their Bible up off the shelf and just started reading and repented and confessed and returned back to God. Hmm. So God is, you know, who knows, but God is doing something even in all of this yeah and I think people yeah. wanna wanna be able to maybe sense that or perceive that.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important to remember. I was, as I walked around my empty neighborhood the other day, um, I was thinking uh, about just how grateful I was to have, you know, my relationship with Christ and my long held faith. Because I, yeah, just if you don't have that hope, if I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about their lives now. So it is an opportunity for people to seek and find God. Absolutely. When you, um, you're in a team of pastors and as the uh, senior executive pastor, you probably are encouraging your team. I'm wondering, um, if you could just share some encouragement to all the other pastors who are out there who might actually not be part of a team, even, um, I'm thinking of the pastors who are working alone or in smaller places, how would you encourage them now, Kent?
3: That, I feel so underqualified to answer that question, Karen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Give us your best
3: shot. You know, I will. Um, I would say call, you know, phone up a couple other pastors in the town that you're in and the city that you're in. Um, even if you have a team, maybe reach out to one of the other churches and pray with them and, uh, you know, agree together that you're just open to what God wants to lead you both to do. Uh, the other thing I would say is I think people are looking for... Uh, I think they're always looking for a spiritual father or spiritual mother or spiritual grandmother or grandfather. But I think now than ever, there's an opportunity to give spiritual leadership, spiritual direction. You know, and I know we strive to do this always with an authentic, genuine way that flows out of our own genuine relationship with God. But I think more than ever, the role of pastors, small group leaders, team leads to be a spiritual parent Maybe I'll say it that way. To be a spiritual parent, I think is so needed, and I, I think that's the best gift that we as as leaders can give during this time. I know I'm trying to little. I'm trying to live that way. I'm trying to model that. I'm trying to act that way during this season. I try to do that all the time. And that's, so. That's the advice I would give, and I, I think there would be a gift in that. Someone said, um, I can't remember a quote that God when God gives a gift, He wraps it in a person. And I think uh, pastors, again, small group leaders, team leads, you are a gift right now. And so how could you be a gift to the people you lead, to the people you talk to, families that you engage with? Be that gift because God will use you. He always does, right? If our hearts are humble before him. He's the Lord of the harvest. And we always have to believe that we're living in a season where there's potential harvest. So yeah, that's what I would say, Karen. I hope that's helpful. That's I how, think That's how I'm trying to live. So, I think that's
0: extremely helpful and hopeful. Thank you so much, Kent.
3: You're very welcome, Karen. Great chatting with you.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. To listen to more and to subscribe to Faith Today, Canada's Christian magazine, please visit www.theefc.ca forward slash faith today.